Welcome to the Landscaping Podcast. My name is Joel Barnett and I'm your host. And today's episode is the 40th of the Instagram Live Q&As that we've done. And this week's guest coming out is Nick Rickard from Share Garden Design. Uh, so yeah, Nick's a pretty cool cat to chat to. Uh, and I'll, he's got a um, passion for music as well. So it was fascinating hearing how um, he compares composing a piece of music to composing a landscape design. So he spoke about that in the podcast that he does with uh, Liam Daly as well. But we talk about that in the podcast. But it was a good chat with with Nick. But uh, the first question is from Cascade Landscapes. And he said, what's your favourite day on a project? For example, turf day, concrete day or handover day? Uh, it would definitely be the planting day because that's when the um, projects really come to life, literally. But they also just start to look a lot better. So it adds, it adds a lot of colour, um, particularly when you're using good quality, like good sized plants. We just did a job, um, well, we're in the process of it at the moment, planting it out. But uh, we had a, a feature tree that we got. And it was just, yeah, it probably would have been three and a half metres tall, almost probably two and a half wide. It was a crepe myrtle. It had the perfect vase shape about it. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a cracker, and I just couldn't stop looking at it. So yeah, the plants are, are a pretty good day. Uh, finishing look, the handover day is a good one as well, because um, then the the whole the whole uh, project is all done then, and you get to look at it. Because sometimes when you're working in a project, you're sort of uh, just putting one foot in front of the other, not taking in the whole project. Um, but it's good to actually stand back and look at what you've done every now and then. Uh, Dan Foreman has said, what's plants? Because I think that might be a reference to uh, his work on the block where he was alleged to have not or not even ordered plants. Uh, but I'll have a question later on uh, about that. But we'll go to it next. That was an anonymous question saying, would you go on the block again? Uh, and I'd, I've said no the last three years that there's been various requests to go on there. Um, we were close two years ago, but uh, but I ended up saying no. And now, to, like I said, it, it was already no anyway, but it would be a definite no now because uh, the way that you can be uh, perceived just by the editing and the type of guests, that, uh, they're not guests, they're contestants that you get given on there. Um, so if you get – we got really lucky the two years we did it. We had uh, Luca, Jasmine and Jesse and Mel. And um, – and they were just insane workers, huge work ethic. Like when we first worked with Jesse, I'd never come across anyone who worked harder than me, but he was an absolute machine. Actually, he was a tyler before, and now he's doing real estate, which is a pretty wild move. But, um, but yeah, the way Dan has been made to look this year is insane. So, and we could have been made to look foolish in one of the years we were on. Uh, but they didn't put that bit to wear for some reason. So, yeah, you're just putting your uh, reputation in the hands of other people. Uh, if I had an unlimited amount of money, I would do it because I love the physicality of, you know, working like a maniac and working long hours. I enjoy that part of it. But uh, but in terms of, you know, the political side of it, it's not really political, but it's just it's a TV show made for ratings. It's not nothing to do with construction or landscaping uh it's just entertainment so you need to be aware of that 
before you head into it. Um, and you go on, you're like you're you're not paying to be on TV. Like people think, oh, yeah, I'll go on there because you can get great. Uh, yeah, people pay money to go on TV for advertising. Um, but you're not paying, so your reputation is in other people's hands, which is fair enough. So, no, nah, wouldn't do that. Uh, next question is from Rich Earth Landscapes saying, any luck finding that new apprentice? Oh, he's got a couple of questions, but that was the first one. Uh, I ha- I think I mentioned I had some good applicants, but I still haven't had the right time to put them on, so I haven't contacted anyone on there. I reckon it's been at least two months since I did the ad. So when I go back through it, because it'll probably be, I reckon I'll probably put one on at the start of next year. So by the time I go through it, it's probably going to have been four months. So I'll choose one I like, contact them, and I said, nah, I got a job four months ago, so not interested anymore. So I'll probably have to sort through it again. And if if I don't see anyone decent, they'll just have to re-advertise. But because there were a lot of decent ones that I would look at, look at um, putting on, or at least haven't get this chat with anyway. Whereas previously, when I've done job ads, you get not even any, not even one good one of life. Um, but we've also got uh, Will, who's our uh, school-based apprentice. Uh, so he only works two days a week, and when um, TAFE starts back, it'll be one day a week because he goes to school the other day. Um, but he's he's a gun to have on the team. So um, yeah, he's made it. He sort of filled that gap for anything that we needed in the meantime. Um, but then he's still got to finish school next year anyway, so next year will just be one or two days a week from him. But hopefully then he'll be on full-time after that. Um, and other question was, have you turned away a job because you thought it was too big for your team? Uh, surprisingly, no, seeing how we're only a, a three-man, three or four-person construction team. Um, we've done a job. We've done two jobs over three hundred thousand, and uh, one over, well, one or a couple over four hundred. So, um, yeah, they probably should probably were too big, but well, they weren't because we got them done, and it was a good result at the end. So, um, no, I haven't, and that's the reason I haven't is because. Like I didn't start doing twenty thousand dollar jobs and then got offered to do a three hundred thousand dollar job. I've gradually built up over time. And I remember the first. I remember we got, we got an eighty thousand dollar one in two thousand and fifteen. I thought, oh, this is the big one. So, yeah, that was. Uh, I was going to say that's not long ago, but that was eight years ago now. But, um, but when you're doing the bigger jobs, you find there's nothing. It's not like there's any special thing in there that you haven't done before, and that's why it's expensive. It's just larger amounts of things so it might be they're using heaps of advanced plants because uh, you could spend a hundred thousand dollars on plants on some of those jobs because they're using super advanced stock and heaps of them um and paving oh, they, they could be expensive because of paving but it might just be uh crazy paving or a slow version of paving or it could be an expensive stone that they're using so paving comparing you know job a to job b the paving could be double the cost, but it could be the exact same size and take just as long to do it. But because they're using an expensive paver, it costs more. So it um it doesn't yeah it doesn't the it's just dollars really. They're just numbers on a page. Uh, like the lawn area might be big bigger, but yeah, 
solid hard lay lawn. We've done, I think we did a job that was two and a half thousand square meters. And I thought it was going to take forever. And we, there was five of us there. And I think we had it done by 11 o'clock. Well, maybe that was split in two. But yeah, everything seems bigger until you start doing it and analyzing it. And then you realize it's not that, not that big a deal. So you don't want to get too uh, overwhelmed by numbers. Uh, Life of Bow River saying, did you see the poor fella get slammed on the block tonight? Uh, I assume he's talking about Dan. So I haven't, I haven't watched it because I was preparing for this podcast. Would you believe I do prepare for it? That's just by writing the questions down from my phone onto a piece of paper because otherwise I can't see the questions. Uh, but I will watch it uh, once once this is done. Uh, but, um, but again, I, uh, you might have missed it, but I did mention that you never know what you're going to get when you go onto the block. Uh, Tom Lynch said, how do you go about learning more skills like bricklaying, carpentry and rendering, but not going into those trades full time? It's almost like I could have planted this question, but I didn't. Uh, but I will be doing, I, I, I haven't done any ads on the podcast yet, but there will be ads coming out uh, possibly the end of this year, definitely next year. And that will be just me advertising my own course that I'm going to be doing. Uh, so that that will be. I don't know. I won't be doing rendering because I do a bit of rendering myself, but I'm certainly not not at the level where I can teach anyone. If there was a rendering course, I'd probably pay to do it to to increase my skills. Uh, but there will be a carpentry one, bricklaying, possibly not. But there might be ones that I incorporate a little bonus part. Yeah, to have that in there. Um, but I'll be doing courses. Uh, to do on how to do carpentry, like how to build a deck. I'll do different ways of doing the footings. So there'll be ways where you can do um, a concrete pad and then bolt a uh, galvanized post support to it. There'll be uh, one where you can do a timber post in the footing. There'll be a concrete one in there. There'll be those um, deck feet that we've used. So look, I'm going to show all the different ways you can do things so that um, – when someone who's done the course is coming on a project, they realise that there's more than one way to do it. So, uh, and then they can choose which way they like to do. So, there will be different um, heaps of different courses. There'll be, I'd guess, at least maybe ten. At a guess, um, so that was why I asked a question a few weeks ago about what people would want to do, and I ended up getting fifty responses to it. So, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people wanting to learn more. But there's not places that you can learn it, so that's the uh, reason behind me doing that course. Um, and I'm pretty close to starting filming too, which I'm looking forward to. So I'll be—I uh, was hoping to get something out before Christmas, but that won't happen. But I reckon I'll be doing a fair bit of filming over the Christmas break, um, so I'll have to get organised to get the materials for that because that's not a good time to be getting materials. But uh, other than the courses I'm putting out, I'm not sure how you go about learning those skills, other than um making it up as you go which is not ideal or if you've got a yard somewhere you could practice out there or youtube like everything i'm going to be teaching is yeah you could probably search for it on on the internet and find it somewhere but uh, this would be more specific to the way we do things in in australia and then you'll be able to get feedback and communicate with me on it as well uh, TJ Gardenscape said, workplace health and safety. How do you document work health safety on site? Any apps you could recommend? 
Uh, the way we do it is very old school, so uh, I don't have experience with an app that I could recommend, uh, but the only ones I've heard of, I think it was called SightSafe or Site app or Site, or site something anyway. Uh, I've heard someone saying that was a good one, but I can't remember who it was. But it's very old school the way I do things, so that's uh, not not a strong recommendation for me, unfortunately. Fig Landscape said, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from all of your years in business? Uh, another cracker question. I reckon it would have to be uh, the, the biggest lesson is to real uh, just have patience and realise that you don't need to rush a lot of things. That's an easy thing to say when you've been landscaping for 19 years like I have. That's a lot. I, I wouldn't have said it five years ago. Oh, not five years ago, but five years in. Uh, but it's, again, like I bang on about communication and the importance of that about a lot of things. Uh, patience is another key uh, trait to have. I remember when I was playing cricket, I used to have a capital P written on the bottom of my cricket bat, which stood for patience. Because when you're sort of taking guard and every, you're sort of looking down when you're hitting your bat on the ground before each ball. So I wanted to remind myself to have patience during that as well. Because um, I remember getting out early and then you're sitting in the sheds watching everyone else bat for hours. And you realize I could have, you know, you didn't need, don't need to rush to score all these runs and achieve all these goals. You just wait for the right time to do it. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be the, um, the best thing for that. And then again, that's why I'd like to get there. This course I just spoke about out before Christmas, but. I plan on having it released and available for people for many years. So it's like uh, clients thinking the end of the world is going to happen at Christmas. But it turns out it actually does keep the next year does come around. And um, so just do things properly and get them done when you can get them done. And uh, yeah, realize that the sun comes up another day. So yeah, don't, don't rush into too many things. So that, that will be the biggest lesson I've learned is having patience. And that same goes when, uh, yeah, when clients are trying to put pressure on you to finish the job by a particular time, you sort of need to tell them to have patience as life goes on. There's more important things than getting your landscaping project finished. Uh, Creative Living Projects said, do you back cost your jobs before and after and work towards a profit margin percentage? I uh, don't have an exact profit margin percentage that I work towards, uh, but I sort of mark up certain elements of landscaping uh, differently. So it's not a exact number, it's just uh, what I think. So that's something I'm going to work on. But uh, most of the time I do um, back cost the project. So like if by back cost you mean keep track of it, keep uh, job tracking. So keep track of the costs of uh, doing the project and all the materials and the labour and then work out how, how close it was to the quoted project. A quoted amount, sorry. There have been times where I do stop doing that because I know that I'm going to start losing money, so I don't want to know how much I'm going to lose. Um, done that far too often. But um, yeah, as long as you learn from it, you don't need to know exactly how much you lost because you'll be able to work it out. Like you, yeah, it doesn't make a difference whether you know how much it is or not. If you know, you just need to know that you need to allow more for it next time. Um. But yeah, that's something I'm. Um, I again, same with that. I'm old school with that. I just use a, a um, spreadsheet 
which I hand fill out to get and keep track of everything as we go. Um, but I don't do it as specifically as working out, you know, we were paving for seven hours and then we did some drainage for an hour and a half. Like it's all just project based. So it says we're on a project for eight and a half hours on this project. It doesn't say what we're doing in between. So if you're wanting to really knuckle down on it and get real specific with it, you can do that. But um yeah, it's not a bad idea to do, but yeah, keep doing the job tracking at all is better than not doing it at all. So start doing it with that and then 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 you can start um going a bit deeper into it. Uh, next question is from TA Turf Guru. When are you getting the running shoes on and having a go with the crazy running man? So that's a good question because uh, Jade recommended I have a look at someone to get on as a future guest uh, and his Instagram handle is the crazy running man. Uh, his name's Jack Hanley and he's running 50 kilometres every day for 50 days to raise money for mental health. Uh, doing that in Melbourne, he started with his, the day one was the Melbourne Marathon. So I think he ran, um, can't remember if he ran before it or during it to extend it because the marathon's only 42.195 kilometres. So he had to increase that to get to 50 kilometres. But the re- the reason Jade recommended him to come on other than doing that awesome feat is because he's also a landscaper and he's actually working full-time while doing this as well. So he'll work from 7 till 2.30, so 7 a.m. till 2.30 in the afternoon, and then go and run 50Ks at 4 o'clock in the afternoon till whenever he's finished. Uh, and he's getting people to come and run along with him as well keep him interested but it's an amazing effort so uh i was going to get him on today but uh it's going to be next sunday that hopefully hopefully going to be able to chat to jack um but yeah that's and he seems like a, he'll be a barrel of fun to chat to as well so i'm very much looking forward to that probably not going to be up there running with him is my uh knees don't don't need that extra stress i think i'll just uh Get another podcast, buy a shirt to help some fundraising, or just just do some fundraising anyway. But, um, but yeah, that'll be a fun episode. So if hopefully if I chat to him on Sunday next week, I'll put it out that same same day. But, um, but yeah, that's one to keep an eye out for. Leaf by Leaf said, "Do you show pics of your previous work in your quotes, or is it all about the job at hand?" I uh, don't do that, but I've seen in part of the. Um, Judging for the Landscape and Victoria Awards, you see the quotes that people sent in for the project that you're judging. And I've seen some different um, different ways that people do quotes, and some people do put in uh, previous work that they've done in their quote, which I think is a good idea. But, no, it's not always necessary. But sometimes what I'll do is, uh, for example, I just did a – or for a design, but you do the same thing for a quote. But I, inc- I did a – design with a pool where it's got the moat in front of it so you don't need the pool fence on the on one edge of the pool and because that's not an easy thing to explain to someone i showed a photo of one that we've done before um so that's an example of what i do to put photos in so if it's something that the client it isn't an obvious thing for the client to know what you're talking about then you can include photos in it um but if you just like for example if you're doing a quote for crazy paving there's no point 
doing a quote uh, showing a photo of a pool that you've done with that which doesn't have crazy paving so you want it to be relevant to to what you're actually quoting and show some examples but but yeah even that is a good idea oh you would have yeah in the plant section if you yeah i was going to say you could put in some photos of plants that you've done that look awesome but then they might look completely different to the ones you're putting in like a, a different species so maybe not but it's definitely something to uh think about and that's one of those one percent of things that that can just make the difference between you winning a job or not so i do like that idea from andy uh renee from nvidia landscape said was there anything in your pub squash so that's in reference to an instagram story that i posted the other day when I, just after i've mowed my lawn because i've always seen people say that um a beer after mowing the lawn is the best beer or one of the great beers uh, and I mowed the lawn the other day and I don't drink beer, so I went and grabbed a um, can of pub squash, which is a, a lemon soft drink, and uh, did, did my story with that. And there was there was something in there. It was just pub squash, but it wasn't in there for long because it was a beautiful day on Friday. Uh, Planet Space said, is there any value in seeking Google reviews from clients in the early days of a landscaping business? I think there is, yeah, particularly in the early days, um, but at, but at any time there is value in it. But that value is not going to be for every client, but it's going to be for the clients who see value in it, and you can't decide which ones do and don't. So it's part of your overall marketing plan. So there'll be ones who want to see a nice Instagram page, so you do that. And there'll be ones who want to see that you've actually got a website. So, yeah, you can have one of them. And if you have got a website, then Google reviews are good for that because that helps with your SEO, your search engine optimization. Um, so if you've got good reviews, that's going to increase your ranking on that. Uh, I don't – I've never asked anyone for a Google review because I don't like asking for things anyway. Um, but there are people who swear by it and they'll have – hundreds of reviews but um but again i'm not one of the people who that's going to impress as a consumer because i feel like they can be easily manipulated like anyone can you can get your, all your family and friends to write you a positive google review so and there's no yeah you don't need to prove that they've done work for you or anything anyone can do it and the same with bad reviews you can get bad reviews from people just because they didn't like the way you were driving so um yeah, I'm not someone who sees a lot of value in it for myself, but there are people who do see that. So it's, yeah, it don't, can't hurt to have them on there. Um, yeah, the thing I, I'd be scared about, which is part of the reason why I don't ask, is if you could ask review thinking, ask for a, a review thinking you've done well, and then the client's actually not as impressed as what you thought. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's not something I push, but, in the early days, when you've got no uh, lock, no referrals or anything coming in, that's yeah, extremely valuable. And last question from Green Room Landscapes saying, "What's the best water mix for Besser block retaining walls? Premix or self mix? And any secret ingredients?" Uh, so the vast majority of what we use is the uh, self mix mortar, so just normal bricky sand. I think it's about a five to one mix. So five sand, one cement. And 
the only times that we don't use that is when we lay uh, white or when we have laid white, what are they called? Breeze blocks. Uh, and that's because we use the the white premix mortar. Not a huge fan of it, but it's yeah, something there's just something it's not right about it. It doesn't seem uh it seems like it dries out real quick. Like I don't know what the sand is that they've used in there, but it's a real different consistency. So uh, um not a big fan of it, but but there was a job we did where it looked amazing. But then the second time we used it wasn't, but that could have been because the bags had been sitting around too long, perhaps. Um, so yeah, we use that. I think Adbury might do it. That's where we got it from anyway, from Adbury Masonry. Um, but I don't have any secret ingredients. We don't even, we don't use lime in our mixes. It's all just purely sand and cement. Uh, and yeah, don't don't use any plasticizer. That's it. And I've never had any issues with it. But we don't. But like our better block walls, they'll either be getting rendered or clad in stone or. Uh, we cut getting covered some way. Um, so there's no we don't uh, measure out the uh mixes of the mortar so that they're exactly the same, which you would want to do that if you're doing a finished brick wall that you see. But um but yeah, that was the last question for today. At 13 of them, so thank you very much for everyone who submitted one of them. And as I mentioned at the start, we've got Nick Ricard from Sherwood Garden Design out this week. And we'll see you all next week.